I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. And you're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Herpeticulture Network. out and getting a little laggy but we're here we're live and there goes Smitty, just like that <laughs> just as soon as we go live he's gone as soon as we go live uh i'm sure he'll return after he resets his router but uh tonight is snakes and stokies episode 167 on the herbert culture network justin smith is the host as always he's not here because his internet sucks my name is phil wolf and tonight we are joined by the one and only clint from metazotics Thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, tonight's show is brought to you by the fine people of the Pacific Northwest, the Gendra, the Newlyweds, the Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out. Morph Market, Facebook, Instagram. Do what you got to do. Check them out. Awesome people. Awesome animals. If you're in the Pacific Northwest and you go to a reptile show, definitely go to their booth. It's one of the coolest booths you'll ever see at a show. As well as blackboxcages.com. Smitty Takeover. Yeah, you need a rack, you need a cage. Black box cages are all the rage. Um, I'm trying to get Clint here in the middle, and it's not working. He's there. Use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself a little bit of money. Whether you want a cage, whether you need a cage or a rack, uh, you will not be disappointed. Um, phenomenal products across the board. doesn't matter what it is. doesn't matter what you get. Uh, I think it's... Uh-oh. If you want a cage or rack, go to blackboxcages.com. They're awesome. We all own them. Bark if twice you... if you're in Milwaukee. Oh, Marco. Polo. There you go. We so, good? yes, blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Use code THN at checkout. Save yourself some dough. Get that rack. Get that cage. And, uh, and after you do that and you find the perfect home, the perfect new enclosure for your soon-to-be or already existing critter, go to, is it metazotics.com? metazotics.com you got there it. it is and find some colubrids find some lizards check it out the goods they've got the goods and because smitty looks like he's also lagging again or he's just deep in thought I'm go to cigar. i'm sorry of letting cigar fulvius apparel check them out oh uh fulvius apparel if you need a hat that has badass herpetological logos on it that doesn't scream, I'm a snake nerd, go to Fulvius Apparel. If you want a shirt with some bomb-ass taxonomy illustrations on it that has a catchy slogan that fits your niche of reptilia, Fulvius Apparel. Also, Fulvius Apparel on Facebook and Instagram. That may be the most intense intro we've ever done. <laughs> it was pretty intense. <laughs> Buy it. Buy the shirts oh. now. Yeah. Um, Hats-wise, I've got some some Alterna snapbacks sort of back in stock. I just haven't updated the website yet because I have to pretty much redo that entire section. I had an issue where I had it live and didn't tell it to track inventory so then people could just keep ordering them. But I didn't have hats, so I was having to like make them quickly. And it was just a... It was a thing. So, yeah. why is the shirt is gonna happen? I'm I'm getting there. It's it's coming. 
I don't know when. You gotta do. But... You gotta do one of those old school like. Um, what was the Mexican wrestlers? Now I can't remember the name. Luchador. You gotta do one of the mm-hmm. old Luchador posters, but have it be Northern White Lip versus Southern White Lip. I think that'd be cool. Thought about doing something similar with rhinos and barons. Oh, there you go. But... And uh, Michael Gillen, you're in the chat. I love you, but screw you. You stole my sub box. We were just talking about that. Continue though. <laughs> a lot of stuff. I I even made. I got all excited. I was like, I'm gonna make sh- uh, Phil uh, uh, an Underwoody Saurus shirt, and so I make it, slave over it for hours. And he's like, I don't really like that drawing of the, the Underwoody Saurus. That that is not what I said. I was like, bitch. First of all, I didn't know yeah, until just now that you were making that for me. You just I was send me, making it with you in mind. Well, you just sent me a picture of an Underwoodosaurus. I'm like, that thing's it's pretty, but it's kind of skinny. It was a like, drawing from the 1800s, man. Was it really? It looked like a photograph. It just no. looked like an anorexic gecko. No, that was from one of the old taxonomy. <laughs> really? uh, was it um, uh, Albert Gunther? I think so. I don't Albert know Gunther circa, what, 1879? Something. No, no, seventeen seventy nine. Jesus, seventeen seventy nine. I don't know, man. He's old. Yeah. Way over my head. I'll love it nonetheless. Clint, you got you got underwear source or no? Do not. Mm-mm. No. Okay. I thought you did. All right. Hmm. Uh, well, gentlemen, how do you want to kick this shindig? Uh, what are you smoking this evening? I didn't even think of that. Jeez. So tonight, I am going with the. Just uh, like a man trying to get me in bed before I take my socks off. I know, right? <laughs> oh man, and you you got to take your socks off. I don't people that sleep with socks on. I don't care where you live. If you live in the North Pole and you sleep with socks, you're crazy. Um, oh, I think you might get a pass if you're up there. La Aroma de Cuba. Now this one is the Bellicoso, and uh, it's a Nicaraguan Nicaraguan. And I didn't know this because I, I googled it because I wanted to make sure it not sound like a moron, but. It's a Canadian, a Canadian. Jeez, I got Gillen on the mind. It's a, <laughs> it's a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, which I thought was really cool because it is super dark for a broadleaf. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I made a tragic mistake. I was so rushed to set up because we have Clint as our guest. I was like, I can't be late. I can't be late. Um, I, I, I cat eye cut it, and it's a torpedo, and I just gorged the shit out of it. Uh, so you can actually see the layers in it's there. Yeah, we'll survive. So, but yeah, uh, Aroma de Cuba. Check it out. What do you got, Smitty? I have just a Perdomo Habano, Connecticut. Oh, nice. I actually really like these. And I've got a 20th anniversary on deck. Oh, good. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Also a Connecticut Perdomo. These are just and, really good. Uh, Billy Jenkins is dying to know what Clint is sipping on. Well, since I'm, I'm not a smoker, I uh, figured... Bourbon was going to be a nice, uh, nice touch for tonight. So, my personal favorite for the evening, Blue Run High Rye. Wow, great! This is uh, while I like a lot of bourbons and I drink a lot of different kinds. That is hands down my favorite. So, I figured tonight was going to be a good night for it. Hell yeah! It seems like ryes are an acquired taste. And it's mm-hmm. interesting you say that because I was, I was just thinking, man, I love bourbon, but. I'm, I, I can't get in, in deep to the rye. I can't. See, and I will tell you, typically, I would follow that same train of thought. Give this one a shot. Okay. It's one All of right. the smoothest bourbons I've ever had. And like I said, hands down, my favorite. 
it's it, for me, it's either going to be that or it's going to be Weller's. And yeah, but I choose that most of the time. It's better Ex- than the, the damn bread sucks. That's for sure. <laughs> if it's anything like that, no, thank you. What uh, what do you compare it to if you can? Ooh, I would say, gosh, that's a hard call to be honest with you. Um, I, I would probably compare it somewhere to Weller's, but with a little less bite. Okay, you know, nice. it, it's still a little smoother. Uh, so, what about Scotch? Are you a Scotch guy? Uh, you know, I've never had it. Never had what? Scotch. Yeah, it, it's always been bourbon for me. How have you never just been there and been like, you know what? Give me a. a Johnny Highland or an Island. Yeah. Put it this way. If I've had scotch, I don't know it. You didn't know it. <laughs> okay. yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't oh, know, man. man. I could, I prefer scotch for some reason. I think it's just maybe it's a little less sweet and a little drier, maybe. I don't yeah. I don't really know how to describe it. I just see I, I'll be honest with you though. My palate, it's not strong enough that after the first drink. It, it all tastes the same. I mean, after to me, point, yeah. it really doesn't matter. Anymore. Exactly. It, it's, you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, if anybody has been living, 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 living. under a rock, uh, you are one of the holy trinity of Colubriding Colubroid Radio, which is hands down probably my favorite podcast. For sure. Like, there's. For sure. I try to listen to a lot of them when I can, but CCR is without a doubt one that I make sure, even if it takes me like three days to listen to the entire thing on my drive to, to and from work, like I, I, I listen to it. it. It's one of the podcasts that I can confidently say I've listened to every single episode. And granted, it's fairly new still, but I've listened to every single episode. You know, I'll tell you, it's... I was a, a massive fan, you know, before uh, same, I'd listen to every single episode. Um, and it's, you know, no secret, been great friends with Matt and, and with Zach. And so whenever they asked, you know, for me to hop on and, and be able to step in and co-host, I mean, it absolutely honored, absolutely honored. Um, so it's, I will say, you know, being a part of it has been fantastic. Um, but I'm, I'm still just as big of a fan today you know, as I was before even hopping on board. And, you know, it's not only have I listened to every episode, there's been times I've gone back to listen to an episode because it's now, you know, one of those times where I didn't work with the species then, but now, you know, once I get them, it's like, you know what, I'm going to go back and because I remember them talking about this particular thing. Um, And so, I mean, it's just the information's fantastic. Yeah, man. And I, I just, I remember being friends with them, before the show even was a thing and talking to Matt on occasion and him being like, Oh, I don't know, but, but Clint's got that. Let, let me ask him or, or, Oh, I don't have those anymore. I gave him to Clint. And I'm like, who is this Clint guy? Like, what, what is this? And then we made the, the little Ganya Soma group on, on messenger. And I was like, Oh, now I see. So I was first introduced to you via, they were talking about Clint's like lists, like his email list. Like, man, you got to get on that list and see all the stuff he's got. And, I remember signing up being like, oh, damn, you guys weren't kidding. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and that, that's one of those things where I will tell you that is so tedious to keep up with, but it's so great when I do, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, this past week was the first week that I missed one of my targets on uh, posting it. And it's because I just, 
staying so organized this right. year has been a lot tougher than in previous years when all mm -hmm. I had to worry about was what was breeding, you mm -hmm. know, what was incubating. I always had a count on how many eggs were in the incubator right now. Pff, I don't have a clue. Um, you know, it's that they all have got what it is and dates, you know, on them. Um, but I know that because what sparked that was so many people would ask to be like on a waiting list, mm -hmm. something like that. And I'm just not a fan of waiting list one, because either the individuals who have asked half of them won't have, you know, it won't be a good time for them to buy, you know, when it happens or they will have gotten something else by then. But for me, it, it was also, I didn't want to be that jerk that forgot somebody and didn't, you know, email them in order or something like that. Um, so that's what sparked that was just simply, you know, Hey, here's what's coming down the pipeline. You know, as soon as you see something you want, message me and, you know, we'll go from there. And um, it, it seemed to kind of have a, um, a nice little following. People really enjoyed knowing, you know, it, okay, we've got about four weeks. Okay. We've got about two weeks. Okay. They've hatched, you know, so we're looking at just a few weeks before they're ready, that kind of thing. And um, you know, it's something that I'll absolutely continue to do. So good piece. I mean, it only gets more complicated when you, you know, you add dry goods and stuff into the mix. You know? Yeah. Crazy. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I've always just been too lazy to do the the email list thing. And, you know, even when we had the magazine and stuff, I was like, I, as much as I want to, I just taking the time to learn how to put it all together and then set it up. And, you know, then people want to know, you know, you somehow you get their emails, be it from your website or whatever. And it's, you know, people get pissed off because you got spam coming in and just all, you know, just the whole thing. I was like, eh, I'm good. If they're not following us on Facebook and Instagram, then that's like, where else are you going to keep track of everything? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, why, why bother? So. Right. Uh, it, it's for me, I think now, especially with the shop, it's, I find myself needing to operate what I would call three businesses at the same time. And, and that is the online business. Of course, I still do shows. So you've got, you know, the, the regional show business, and then I've got the in-house in-store business. And the luckily, the newsletter, that, that bi-weekly mailer, is something that can kind of link all three of those. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I can announce what shows we're coming to. You can see what animals are coming up, you know, um, so that if you want to order them online. But you're also seeing specials and things that are hitting. So people that are you know, just blocks away, they know, okay, yeah, habitats are on sale this week, you know, so we're going to make sure we get in to get those and that kind of thing. So it, it just kind of, while it is a, a tedious piece, and, and I would say it's only tedious because I'm the only one that does it. You know, I, I've not right. yet kind of rolled that out to someone else. Yeah. Um, so it, while it is tedious, it serves a great piece. And, and I've already watched over the years, the traction it continues to gain. You know, and so I think with most things, if we if we're staying routine and consistent, we'll consistently see that build, you know, growing and growing on um, those that utilize it. So. So it will remain have, a stable. Do you yeah. have so like when it comes to the stuff you have, I guess, online, like be it on Morph Market and then stuff in store, they're two separate like groups, basically, to where like you have stuff that's only on online or maybe that's you have stuff in store that is online but then you have stuff that's in store only i would like, say both <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> a lot of like 
anything that is online can be purchased in store, but it may not be visible in store. And what I mean is we only have so many that we can display. Um, I mean, even though the showroom's 3,200 square feet, you still can only display so many animals. Um, so the rest are still in the back. And what we often do to in-store uh, customers, we make sure to let them know if there's anything that you're looking for, you don't see out here, or if there's something you see, you kind of like, but maybe you're looking for a little bit different. Like, you know, you like that morph, but you want this morph, pull us up online while you're standing here and scroll through. Yeah. Because if there's That's something great. you like, you tell me the ID number, we're going to go grab it for you, you know, pull it out and make sure that you get to see it. Um, we also have, um, there are times though, and it, this is, this is something that I would say in probably the next four to six weeks won't happen anymore. But right now there are times that there are things on the showroom floor that are not yet on the website. And that's because something has sold and I, you know, I've got cages open. I've got animals in the back that are ready to go. I just haven't had the time to take pictures because everything online is individually photographed oh, yeah. and, and posted. And so if I don't have time to get those pictures yet, I'll get them in the system, you know, in the inventory system, and then they'll go out into a cage and I'll tell myself, okay, I need to remember to take that picture. And then four weeks goes by and I still haven't taken that picture kind of thing. So it, it happens both ways. Um, but we, we should have a lot of this a little more streamlined. Um, just this week, I hired three more people. <laughs> and so wow. once we've got these individuals trained and rolling, one of which is like going to be attached to my hip because I need to start training someone to do the things that only I do. Right. So it opened me up to be able to get some other things accomplished. Um, so like I said, probably the next four to six weeks, that won't happen any longer, but it, it does a little bit here. And sure. There. Sure. Yeah. Excellent. So how did a lot to balance, man? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Um, there's now I will say, luckily I've had a lot of experience both in the industry and outside of it that kind of prepared me for a lot of this. Um, but at the same time to anybody listening, if you're wanting to do this, don't walk into it thinking you're prepared. You're not, yeah. you know, but I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying just don't think you've got it all figured out because you don't trust me. Yeah. Trust me. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. So what, how did you and Matt most get linked up initially? Um, I was looking for a, um, I think I was looking for a male cocci. Okay. And he happened to have one posted. We still laugh about it because it turned out to be a female and <laughs> was gravid at the time, I think. So or something. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, you know, how it happened, but it was, you know, just kind of an ongoing joke with us. But um, I'm in Evansville, Indiana. So the very southern tip of Indiana. Uh, for those listening, that's right where Indiana, Kentucky, and Illinois touch. And it's because I'm so close to Kentucky. That's why I sound like a hillbilly. Um, <laughs> Matt is up in Indianapolis, so he's about two and a half, three hours away. Uh, when I purchased that, we decided instead of shipping, we were just going to meet halfway, and I was going to pick it up from him. We got to talking. I mean, you know, he obviously is the Asian rat snake guru. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was, you know, getting my feet wet in him, and, and, you know, I had a few and was really, really interested in them. So um, we continued to stay in touch, had a lot of conversations. He got some more. So I, uh, I remember he got Bella rat snakes in and I wanted those so bad. I went up there. It was so cool. Oh yeah. He, he was, uh, he, he was going to sell a pair to me, 
but I wouldn't leave until he sold two pairs to me. And so, <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, so it's just, we've had a great relationship since then. I mean, he's such a great guy and, you know, a lot yeah. of good conversations and, and a lot of um, aligned vision in the hobby. You know what I mean? We see yeah. a lot of things the same way and are both so easygoing when it comes to what we're doing that it's just, it's worked out very well for the two of us. And his room's like a, a freaking vault. It's like every just stuff that, that he has that you never even see him talk about or post about. And he's mm -hmm. like, Oh yeah, I've got some of those. And it's like, it's like talking to Rob stone. He's like, Oh yeah, I've kept those. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when, like you're not even that old out of you had all this stuff. <laughs> but you know, it's funny, you know, you say that it's the, the brain on that guy, you know, it's, he's a wealth of knowledge. And then you've got Zach, you know, a PhD over here and, you know, teaches herpetology. And so when they asked me to be on the podcast as a co-host, I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> you know, that's, I don't know if I, I'm the right pedigree here, you know, but uh, yeah, it's, it's always great to be able to pick that brain, you know, when, yeah. when there's something. Yeah. So, but without arrogance either. Right. You know, as smart as, as he is yeah. and as smart as Zach is, that there's no arrogance there. And I, and I absolutely love that. Absolutely love it. So Tyson Dallas wanted to know whatever happened to the... The, uh, the Bartley, Bartley ghosts. Line. Yeah, the Bartley line ghost corn snakes. So it was probably, I don't know. Oh, it had to be 15 years ago, 12 to 15 years ago. I actually moved all of my uh, corn snakes out at the time i was kind of shifting gears it may have been longer than that to be honest with you um i, I had some nice looking okatees i was working with abbots i was working with uh, howie sherman's line um but i ended up moving all of them out uh, sold them to various people and now i i don't know where they are every now and then i will have someone mention that they had one or have one um and there's been a couple times that I've seen pictures and I've wondered because they, they look like them. And yeah. for those who uh, aren't familiar with them, basically it, it was one of the prettiest ghosts I've just, you know, ever come across and there wasn't anything else in it. It, it you know, that I was aware of um, it's, it was a ghost corn snake that happened to have a lot of deep pink and purple to it. Mm -hmm. and managed to still have a distinct black border, even though it was a ghost. It wasn't a thick, you know, not like an Okatee, right. but it wasn't a washed out. It was still a distinct black border. It was, they were stunning. Mm -hmm. they, they really were. Um, man, Tyson hit me in my, my feel goods there. That was, <laughs> that's bringing back some, uh, some memories. Well, it's funny. I know I cut out, but uh, earlier when we were talking about uh, Colubrid, Colubrid Radio, like everyone and their mother was commenting, uh, if I can read a couple of them real quick, it's like, yeah, I can't listen to CCR because I'm broke now. Um, <laughs> I have, you know, three or four of my animals is because of that show. Um, uh, yeah, it's just, you guys are inspirational and it's awesome. Well, and it's, I, you know, I'll tell you what, it's not just those of us that are, they're hosting. I mean, we've had fantastic guests on there. Um, it's, you know, whenever you have individuals like the three of us who have been doing this for so long and have had so many different species that we've worked with, and yeah. yet we're being educated 
you know, fully educated by these, oh, yeah. these experts. I mean, these people that it doesn't matter what little letters they have after their name, or if they've got a piece of paper hanging on the wall, they have worked with this species to such a degree that they're an expert. So it, it, I mean, it makes me want to go do things. It's um, when we talk to uh, Glenn um, about yeah, the cat eyed snakes and it was enough where I had reached out to our state DNR because they're rear fanged and there's this big gray area on rear fanged in Indiana. I reached out because it's, I want to carry them. I mm -hmm. want these, you know, and I've got it cleared now we can do it. Um, so it's, it's little things like that. So I feel your pain guys. Um, trust me, there've been purchases made on my end because yeah. of the show too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, uh, that's the truth of us. It's, it's because of, the depth of knowledge that comes on to the show and the way it gets relayed. You know, it's not just the, here's the temp, here's the humidity, here's right. the cage size. It's, I love that we talk about nuance on there that, a lot. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is the Gosh, nuance of it is yes. where, is where yes. the nuggets of wisdom lie. You know? Yes. hundred percent. That's one of the questions I, I tend to ask almost every episode is tell me about the behaviors. What do you mm -hmm. see? What do they do? you know, what makes them different. And and that's where we learn. So, um, yeah, I, I love it too, guys. I love it too. All that foundational information, you know, like the numbers of temps and humidity and things like that. I mean, you can, you can find that easily, but I did, mm -hmm. you know, like the percentum in particular, um, you know, you having those and me having the pair, there's mm -hmm. not a ton of information as far as like keeping those and sort of what to expect. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, being able to talk to Matt about them, you know, obviously he's bred them and he's had a, a lot of experience with them. You know, your experience with them. I want to know like the nuance and the details and things like that. Like I want to know more than just that baseline information. Th those are such a cool species. It awesome. really is. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Prasinum. <laughs> I mean, for those and and while, and I, I like to throw out trade names, you know, now as well. And, and I do that. Uh, so for those listening, green bush rat snakes, I do it because 15 years ago, saying the Latin name was the easiest way to know what you were talking about. But nowadays that changes more often than the trade name does. You know sure. what I mean? It, it, <laughs> Persina, Persina. And so I'm like, you got to say them both. Um, yes. yes. Record, he's talking about the, the Southeast Asian green bush rat snakes. Yes, Correct. Cause the there's average. like, yeah, there's Correct. like six different yes. green bush snakes. Yes. We're talking about the yes. Southeast Asian ones. Yeah. These are the road needers. Yeah. Um, you know, a couple of, crazy things about those one have you had babies yet no just, i'm uh i'm planning to pair mine next year gotcha so i uh, you know i've got some that just hatched and they're it's always one of my favorite species to see come out um partly because i i, I incubate them at room temp and so you don't have like that oh 60 days they're going to hatch kind of timeline it just it varies mm -hmm. so i mean there's always a about a three-week period i'm checking on them like four times a day. Yeah. Know, is it today? Is it today? Um, but something so funny about these guys, they're some of the smallest babies I, I hatch, you know, they're, they're thin, their heads are big for their bodies, but yeah. they're, but it's still a tiny head. Um, well, when all the baby colubrids I have, you know, when they're striking, even the, the black rats, they can't even get their mouths on me, right. On my hand, those little guys can, it doesn't hurt or anything. Don't get me wrong guys, but it just amazes me that little bitty snake has like the biggest mouth of mm -hmm. any of the little baby colubrids that I, I deal with. Uh, so they're pretty neat. But Now, um, will you say they're as spunky as other baby gonyos in that, in that 
regard. Yes. And they, it's not that they, it's funny. They're not necessarily big strikers in the cage. They're the kind that are going to, you pick them up, then they're going to bite you. You know, it's, it's just different. It's, it's, uh, but yeah, they've, they've got little attitudes as babies for sure. And some of the adults don't say my adults, my male, especially man, he's the female. She's depends on the day, but the male man, he's like, I chased him around the room the other night, you know, cause he, I call, I named him Captain Boomerang because if you saw Suicide Squad, he had they had him in like a duffel bag and he came out of the duffel bag and the first thing he did was punch the first person in the face that was standing next to the bag, whether they were involved or not. And I feel like that's him anytime I open the open the door. <clears throat> and so like I'm offering him rat pups and, you know, he'll bite it. And usually he'll like take off and do a little lap around the cage real quick. And then finally he'll be like, oh, wait, the door's open. And he'll just shoot out like one of those like, snakes in the can that you open it up mm-hmm. and just springs out so we did that grabbed him put him back in the cage he doubled back came back out onto the floor tried to get behind the ackee cages and stuff and then finally like i got him back in the third time and i offered it to him and he just grabs it and like it had been there the entire time like right off tongs he's like okay i'll eat nice. i'm gonna There's- make you work for it not me you know talking about taxonomy a second ago on him i there was some comments on one of the posts I'd made on the Metazotics page uh, whenever I posted the baby's hatching and something I, I hadn't heard yet. And I, I didn't get a chance to ask the guys more about it, but I'm thinking that they're, they've either split into another subspecies. Um, so you know what, what I'm talking about, Justin, because they were talking about um, the eye color being one of the, yeah. the blue and the gold. And yeah, the mouth so, color is supposed to be different. There's supposed to be like a divided anal plate versus a single anal plate or something ridiculous like that. And then the eye color and like. So in short, in short, I'm going to sit here, have a few bourbons and then go look at snake asses whenever we get done with this podcast yeah. to see what all I've got back there is what you're telling me. I just, man, that's just <laughs> like I asked Matt about it and Matt was like, I don't you know. He's like, I've produced clutches that had both. Exactly. Exactly. I don't buy it. And so I can't really have an opinion on that level until I breed my own and see any difference. But like, Uh I don't know. It's just like the, the, you know, the, the new rhinos. It's like small additional scales, slightly different color, slightly different pattern, like subspecies. Uh Sure. Full species. Like, mm. right. Right. You know, it's like how, again, in science, like where are we drawing the line? Because that goalpost seems to keep moving. Uh, I don't. I call them persinum just because that's what I've known them as. There's almost always somebody on Facebook or Instagram going, "They're corulum." I'm like, it doesn't. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm. Yeah, talking about. yeah. That's that's where I'm at with it now. I, I mean, it's and that's coming from you know my my heart lies with black rat snakes. So you know, don't even get me started there when we <laughs> talk about taxonomies. So um, that's. Yeah, it, it is what it is, guys. <laughs> you know, that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> it's not going to change how I'm keeping the snakes or my no. enjoyment of them. You know, it's... and the the rhino thing is a little irritating to me because you see people bring them in now, and there's rhinos that are now a thousand dollars, and it's like mm-hmm. that's that's a it's the same rhino as the ones we've been getting. There's <laughs> even I've heard talk of like we've had mixes of those two forever. Like that's not anything new either. Like. So now people bringing them in can jack the price up because it's mm-hmm. special and rare. It's yeah, like, it's it's not. It's a rhino. They're all awesome. Doesn't matter. Yeah, 
sometimes we overthink it. Yeah. You know. Uh, Would it be uh, cool to see both populations like across the range, be it Hainan and then, you know, the stuff right across the, the water there, stuff into Vietnam, like that kind of stuff, it'd be awesome. Like, mm -hmm. Would I say no to going and seeing the whole spectrum of them? Absolutely not. But and it's wanna... it's just wild too. I mean, because of how often it's going back and forth, whenever you know these are are being changed, what it does to the hobby, the confusion that it causes, mm -hmm. and then there starts to become some, I guess, elitist, you know, to a degree. Uh, on, you know, like, okay, since we mentioned black rats and I'm seeing some people making comments about them, the lavenders, Mike, I, I absolutely love them. Uh, the hypo lavenders are probably the next to the calico. Those are the, in my opinion, the hypo lavenders and the calicos are the prettiest black rat snakes out there as far as morphs go. Um, and, but even calico, me calling it a black rat snake is, is a point that I can discuss here. So, um, like right now, people will ask me whether this particular morph is a Pantherophis obsoletus or Alleganesis. And if I'm mispronouncing that, again, I'm a hillbilly, cut me. We know slide. what you mean. Exactly. You, you can tell I've read the word, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> But it's so fun to say. Alleganesis. That one. Alleganesis. So... And then you've got spoloides, right? So the problem with how we want to classify them now within the hobby, and I'm talking within the hobby, not within wild caught animals, because, okay, we can, we can do that. But to say that a black rat snake is pure under the current listing of the taxonomy, it's just, if it's in the hobby, you can't unless you picked it up out of the wild mm -hmm. because if you had the map of the u.s the way that a black rat snake its geography you know its range it used to have a big east to west and kind of you know went up north like this across the the u.s and all of those were interbred in the hobby because they were black rat snakes along with a bunch of other crap that they shouldn't have been bred with, you know, that's your bubble gums and whatnot, but all that happened. Right. But now it's divided. Yeah. You know, with vertical lines here. So all of the morphs under the classification now, really th there would be mutts, mm -hmm. but for those of us who have been here forever, I mean, those are what the black rat snakes are. You know, it's, it's that yeah. particular it's, you know, we, I, maybe we're wrong, but <laughs> it's hard for me to see a yellow rat snake and a black rat snake and go, that's the same snake. Yeah. I, I just can't Agreed. buy yeah. it. Agreed. I just can't buy it. You know, th those are, um, however, it's like when you're shipping them, you've got to pick a label, mm -hmm. you know, you've got to write something on the box. And personally, I go with the Alleganesis or however you pronounce that. And the reason I do that is because since they got rid of the Texas rat snake mm -hmm. and lump that into obsoletus, 
if black rat snakes are listed now under obsoletus, then that means they're going to, people are going to breed those with the Texas and I hate that, you know? Yeah. So oh, yeah. I don't want to encourage that. I'm hoping that those will end up getting split again and, you know, become their own subspecies once more. But um, it, it's, it's a mess. And then you have what is hobby accepted versus right what is you know true because calicos, yeah so calicos calicos are accepted in the hobby as a black rat mu mutation right lemons lemons are accepted as a gray rat mutation they were found in the same damn county about an hour and a half from my house so technically calicos would be a gray rat snake mutation under you know, where, where things are, are listed, but that's not, but we accept them as black rat snakes in the hobby. And that's where we just have to kind of throw out some of the, you know, barking and especially with that one, with that particular species, genus, whatever we want to go with here, those, you can only try to keep them as pure as you can keep them, mm -hmm. you know, it's, and accept that they're not going to be, you know, um, they're not going yeah. to be hundred percent. You know, that's yeah. just not if you're working with morphs. Yeah. So hashtag team Roselle and I. <laughs> Amen. 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 Oh, let's say, you know, and I love this, guys. I, you know, the comments over here, this is fantastic. I love this piece of the show. It's uh, <laughs> I'm eating it up. So the talking about moonshine, over there. Yeah, talking about moonshines. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a uh, that's an interesting one for those that aren't familiar with them. So um, there's a intergrade between the yellow and black rats called the greenish rats. Um, and that's again, why to me, that's, they're not the same. Look at, you know, how different yeah. these are. Um, and it's in Horry County, South Carolina that you can find this intergrade and they found a morph there, uh, which they call moonshine it appears to be, I think like it's probably a T positive, uh, of some sort, but it is one of, in my opinion, one of the prettiest morphs. Uh, out there mm -hmm. um it i mean grows into highlighter yellow with purple or red undertones uh, now, on it as do well you, do you honestly believe it's an integrated zone uh, an actual integrated snake i, I do um and do? the reason yes yes i think it's an integrate between the yellows and between uh the blacks in fact i have a um a daughter from the original wild caught moonshine and I mean, this is the 100% stereotypical greenish rat. I mean, it's, I've seen some that lean one way or another, you know, a little more towards black, a little more towards yellow. And this one seems to be as about down the middle as you can get. Um, so personally, yeah, I, I think so. But now I feel like if that was the case, you would have a ton of people breeding blacks and yellows and making moonshines. And I feel like that's just not the case. No, no, the moonshine. There's something no. else going on, like with okay. that individual, I guess, lineage in particular. Okay, okay. In that area, uh, you that's pretty much all you find right there are okay. the greenish. And they happen to find a morph within that area. So the moonshine's a morph of the greenish. Right oh, snake. okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I thought moonshine was slang for greenish. <laughs> okay, okay. So then but that, that just goes back to my initial question is I don't know anyone who's ever made a greenish you see i what think I'm saying? it's because unless a greenish is carrying the moonshine gene 
the value's not there. I don't think. I think they're, that's why they're people not all that there. attractive. I mean, if we're being honest, yeah, yeah. no, they're, they're not. They're not. <laughs> yeah, because that was my whole thing. Is that everyone's saying how it, it's it's an integrated zone snake, and it, you find them in the same. You, you no one ever finds blacks, yellows, and greens together. It's usually blacks and greens or yellows and greens. It's not the three. So then the question lies: How did that greenish come to be? You know, is it its yeah. own phenotype? Is it its own species? Dare I say, piss everyone off, right? Gotcha. It's well, I tell you, because like where I'm at right now, we have the ugliest rat snakes you're going to find in right. our area, um, and it's because while they're technically uh, considered spoloides here, gray rats, we are in a zone where they, it's more of an integrated zone, and so it's they are the dirtiest, grungiest looking black rat or gray rat you're ever going to see they look nothing like gray rats that you typically yeah. will you know picture whenever it's being pulled out so um so yeah i, I mean i guess it, it makes me a little more familiar or a little more accepting of intergrade zones because i, I feel that i'm in one and i'm a because it's what we have will not fit the picture of either one of those two species but if you threw them together, then you're like, okay, yeah, yeah that's what that would be. Is that right there? Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. That's good to know. I, know. I mean, as prolific as yellow rats are here, and as you go upstate, uh, you know, black rats become more prolific. Like, you're going to have intergrades. I think just when you deal with a, a species that's that's fairly common, you know, if you're looking at it from, like, a numbers perspective, I think you're much more likely to get intergrades, especially when you're dealing with something that's that's related closely you know i think you're you're bound to find more you know how many uh integrates have we seen of you know atricaudatus dare i say yes and, yes and, dare you, you dare. Know, adam adamantius like you don't see it often but it does happen no. you know no. it's like but you don't see that that integrating with really anything else except the rat snakes yeah well i think the, the Maybe one the, on, but i was gonna say the one seen that the, the one that comes to mind is the cottonhead, you know, cotton Eastern or Eastern or Florida cottonmouth with a Southern copperhead. And I feel like that's probably the most, uh, dare I say, abundant of the findings. But even still, it, it, it's a stark contrast and you can clear as day say, see what it is. You know what I mean? There isn't this vagueness behind the greenish. If that made mm -hmm. sense, mm -hmm. you know, I'll tell you, and <laughs> this is going to go kind of way out on left field, but when we talk about integrades or even hybrids, right. I re recall someone posting a kind of a theory and it's extremely interesting. And I think that it will kind of play into some of this. So if you think about, and I'm going to use a hybrid in because I think it makes this a little cleaner for what we're talking sure, about. Sure, sure. Yeah. So if you have, you know, an animal, a snake that's a hybrid, then at that point, you've got 50% DNA, 50% DNA from right. mother and father, right? You know, each chromosome paired on down the, the line. So then those F1s, if you breed two of those F1s together, from a DNA perspective, it's still 50% snake A, 50% snake B, right? But if you think about it, each one of those snakes on each line, 
you know, that they, they're going to pass half of their, you know, DNA on each chromosome level or whatever, you know, line we're talking about here. If the snake has an A and B, each one, and it's going to pass one of those two over, right? But you don't know which one it's going to pass. So the mother's going to pass an A and B on every line. It may pass more A's. It may pass more B's. The same thing from the father may pass more A's or may pass more B's. So while the DNA is still 50% each of the parents, from a visual perspective, one can heavily favor, now look 75% like snake A and only 25% like snake B right. or vice versa, right? And so I think that that's in these intergrade zones, I mean, especially is why you can have such variants in some of the snakes that we see, because even if the DNA is, you know, a straight line 50-50 on, you know, some of this, it can, it can favor, even in one generation, you can have a whole, you know, just smorgasbord of appearance right. in these babies, be, just depending on which chromosomes were passed, you know, where, where very, they were very, and, and Dr. Ryman's probably going to yell at me for this one, but <laughs> the best way that I can think of it is, you know, I've got a brother who has blue eyes. I don't have blue eyes and my parents don't have blue eyes, but mom and dad had something to give at least my brother those blue eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do you got here, Smitty? So this is Daryl Camby's, uh, he said F1 hat moonshine. By the way, for those listening, if you hear F1, F2, F stands for filial, and that's referring to the generations bred from mom and dad. So an F1 would be the first set of siblings, the first set of offspring from mom and dad. And then I guess that is a, like a visual moonshine. Yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, looks like a, I don't want to say fairly young, but yearling, maybe two years possibly that because the older they get i mean the, the color just continues to pop you know more and more that's the closest thing to an albino darwin i think we're as we're as it's going to get yeah very just pretty snake. That yellow yeah and uh and daryl mentioned that he lived in ori county for 13 years and never saw a black rat and never saw a snake that was yellow always greenish colored yeah that right there what the one you just had you know there in that nest box that is your stereotypical greenish rat right there very cool not a bad looking animal at all not no. as adults no it's like a lot of rat snakes they're they're not much when they're babies you know they uh it's most of the baby black rats have, or any any type of rat snake just well pantheropus babies just you know not appealing as uh, juveniles it's not till they get some color on them yeah so what uh, with the shop and sort of what you're carrying, like what dictates what species you are or aren't bringing in? Uh... Nope, you're muted. There we go. Nope. Lost your actual microphone. It's using the computer monitor mic. You got to go down to settings at the bottom and click. And uh, Daryl was saying, while Clint fixed his microphone, Daryl was saying that the pick is actually credited to Jason Tapp, but the snake is his. So, thanks, Daryl. Super helpful. 
Canby always comes in clutch. Fellow South Carolinian. Yee yee. How far are you from Ori? Like um, five hours? Up, that's up in, no, that's up in near like, I think it's somewhere between Charleston and Myrtle, if I'm not mistaken. So Myrtle's about. Three or four hours. Okay. Um, so, probably in the ballpark of, of two or three. Yeah. Okay. How about now? Can you hear me, Phyllis? Oh, perfect. There you go. Perfect. Go, All right, go on. Continue, sir. For, uh, I think the question was, how do I decide what animals are coming in the shop, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I would say that that kind of goes back to the um, – and I, this may have been before we went live when we were talking about operating three businesses, basically. And, and that is we have online business. We have show business. So regional shows that we go do. And then we have in-store business and understanding that those truthfully are three very separate and distinct markets. Right. Um, and, and I, I want to premise something real fast. Um, so for those listening that don't know me, haven't, you know, if you, if you don't listen to CCR, um, I, I just want to make sure that as I'm talking about this business side of the hobby, know that that's not all I am. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, I've been breeding snakes since, I, I mean, well, 30 years now. Um, I, absolutely love this hobby. I, I still, I, I was flipping 10 behind the shop today (laughs) just to find a a gravid Eastern black King. And, you know, I I just, I I get giddy for it. Um, so I I am, I'm a lover of the animals. I'm a lover of the hobby. You know, these, these animals are well taken care of. Uh, So I just want to premise before talking about business that, you know, that's, that's really who I am. Um, so with those being three distinct markets, I, I gear what we're going to carry and sometimes the time we're going to carry them based on what's going on. So in-house, I have found that Evansville and the surrounding area, it's, it's still a very heavy ball python market around here. Um, and I don't go incredibly deep into ball pythons. One, because... I, that's not where my true passion is. And I'm still a firm believer that if you're going to do this as a business, you have to work with things that you love, you know, it's, or you're going to have problems. Um, but I'm not a fool. I, I see, you know, what's here and, and I, don't get me wrong. You know, when the ball pythons are hatching, I'm excited to see what's about to pop out. You know, I mean, that's where you're really getting to throw all the colors at the wall and, and kind of see what sticks. Right. So um, in shop, I make sure that we have, uh, we have ball pythons. We have the right color scheme of ball pythons as well. Um, crested geckos are popular here um, and bearded dragons. Those are our top three in store. And what I'm loving is we're kind of, we're changing some of the market, you know, and we're creating market here as well because uh, dart frogs. Yeah. There, there weren't any, you know, around and I've, make sure that we have several different species available and that's starting to pick up. Um, 
the bioactive enclosures. You know, that's certainly taken off across the country. But around here, there were some people doing it, but not many. And I mean, we've gotten to the point where we 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 build bioactives ready for people to just to pick up and take. And, and so that's really exploding. I mean, we're going to do a class on how to do bioactives. And oh, I've got people, I mean, oh, they're, they're beating down the door to get into this. I mean, yeah. so it's, it's exciting. Um, and it's just fun because then they build this and then they get to pull, put cool stuff in it, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, beardies, for example. Now, you know, bearded dragons are something that Petco, PetSmart, yeah, they're, they're going to go through them constantly. But what we now have created here, because we have a, uh, we have a few bearded dragons that are out on display, one of which this guy, he's big, he's gorgeous, he is extremely red. His name is Sir Racha. And he's got a girlfriend named Lady Calypso. Love and it. love it. And because of them, red dragons are what people in this area want. They want, and I mean, I literally had to post when I was going to make these babies available from those, uh, that particular pairing. And here's when they will go live on the website, 7 p.m. this past Friday. I kid you not, the first one sold within 60 seconds of me hitting the go live button on them. Wow. Um, So it's it's just exciting to see some of this shift, you know, taking place. Um, So that's that's right now what's big here. Um, And there's going to be others that are sprinkled in there. There's certain other frogs that are popular. Um, Euromastics, we've started to get them, you know, really, uh, really going around and, um, you know, people love those, uh, a lot of the tortoise species. When I say that we only work with tortoise species that are not going to become unmanageable. Like you will not find a sulcata, you know, in this store. It's not happening. Um, monitors, no big monitors, Ackies. Absolutely. You know, things like that. So, um, the shows i then shift to okay and it's funny in order for me to go do a regional show i don't ask myself if i have enough to fill a table i always have enough to fill a table mm-hmm. the question becomes do i have enough variety and do i have enough of what will make me different than anyone else there if i can't say yes to both of those I'm not going. It's it's not worth the time, the, the hassle. I'd rather put my energy right here. It's not, I'm too good to go do that show. It's no, we we all have a, a finite amount of energy, right? And for me, it's putting my energy into what's going to be the most valuable for this company, for yeah. our customers. Um, that's where you know I'm going to do it. Yeah. So like this last show we just did, uh, last weekend weekend before in indianapolis absolutely i was going to do that why because how often do you see gray bands on the tables Mm -hmm. it shows how often do you see subox on the tables it shows yep uh even rosy boas you you know there's so much that you just don't really catch that okay yeah i've got the variety and sure enough the table was popular you know it was hopping you know all day um so Have that, you noticed a shift as far as people looking at shows in particular, people looking more for colubrids and things like that? Have you seen an overall sort of, you know, just... I would, I would say yes, but at the same time, I've been so heavy in them for so long, and typically when going to a show, everyone realizes that 
that's where, you know what I mean? Clint's going to have those. Clint's right. going to have right. Clubridge. So for me, I'm used to that crowd coming. Um, and it's, yes, it has increased. Uh, you know, I watched the black rat snake morph. You know, I watched people certainly getting, you know, more people getting into those Asian rats. Yeah. Through the roof, through mm-hmm. the roof. You know, I put those on the table. They're going to move. You know, it's, it comes down to those are always the most popular thing on the table because well, now, of, let, they, they let pop. Me, let me ask you this. Is it, are you finding that it's people saying, Oh man, I've never seen a bamboo rat before. That's incredible. Tell me all about it. Or is it, Hey, I hear you have bamboo rats. Oh, look, there's one right there. I'll take it. Yeah. I, I've had there, the bamboo rats specifically, you do get a lot of the, Oh my God, those are beautiful because I mean, they pop. You know, that orange, that red, it's oh, yeah. it's stunning, you know, right out of the gate. Yeah, the jet um, black. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but for a lot of the others, uh, I'll tell you the one that really I was, I don't want to say surprised, but Blue Beauties. Oh, yeah. You know, as babies, how many people walked up and go, this was my dream snake. Yeah. I, I've wanted one. And so, I mean, just they were, they would fly off the tables. Um, things like Carinata, Chinese King Rats. Sure, sure. Um, right now, I think those where those are priced it's people have to want them you know what i mean they really you know have to want them it's it's more of an investment you know piece um but that's something that is certainly you know more popular um but yeah asian rat snakes specifically if i've got a if i'm going to have 20 or 30 asian rat snakes on the table i'll do a show every day because those things are going to move for sure um online that's that's a little bit tricky right now um, if you get on the different uh, different groups on Facebook, and especially if you get any ball python groups, you're going to hear over and over how slow online sales are, right? And it's true. And that's coming from somebody that's got all different kinds online. Um, it's It's true. It's slower, but it's when you're coming off of year you know twenty one and then, we're figuring out what's going on in 22 and it still wasn't a bad year. 22 was just, you know, it it still moved. Yeah. There's going to be some course correction. You know, we don't have stimulus money dumped into the economy. You don't, you know, people are, they're having to pay their bills again. It's, it's part of it, you know, it, but if you compare it to 2019, it may be down a little, right. It's just, you know, you got used to that, you know, 2021 money, you know, and it's, yeah, it's not going to always values. be like that. And it wasn't just that they had money. I mean, it was the fact that everyone was stuck at home playing mm-hmm. on their phones. So all you had to do was take a good picture mm-hmm. and that animal is going to sell. Right. And, and, and not even that there, people are trapped at home. They they're looking for, I don't want to say a hobby, but they're looking for a new hobby. They're looking for a new thing to entertain them mm-hmm. to maybe they've wanted to do this for a long time. And they're like, man, I got nothing going on. Let's do it now. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I tell you the thing that I noticed that was the biggest difference, not just the number of animals that were being sold in 2021, but where I knew people had more disposable income than normal was typically when someone would buy a, let's say $150 to $250 animal, they would usually buy a pair or a trio. And that's because they were going to pay $50 in shipping. 
right? So yeah. $150 snake, $50 in shipping, you know, you're 30%, you know, 33%. Yeah. yeah. But in 2021, no one batted an eye. $150 snake sold one at a time all day long and paid shipping on top of it. And so I, that just told me that there was, you know, there's more money dumped into the yeah. economy, obviously, um, than what we had, we had in the past. Um, but it's advice, I, I guess. And this is just coming from, you know, a guy with gray in the beard. Okay. When, when the stock market drops, what do the richest people in the world do? They buy stock because it's going to course correct. Mm-hmm. It's going to come back up. So when things are slow, you know, if you hear people talking about the market being down, that's a buyer's market. Go right. buy the things you like right now. It's for those who listen to CCR, you know, I, I just bought out a, a rather large collection, 180 animals. I, I did get a great price on it and I've got some fantastic animals. And that's actually the third collection that I've purchased in about the past four months roughly five months. Um, and I've had more offered. And the point is, is I know it's going to course correct. It's mm-hmm, going right. to come back up. It's going to happen, especially if you're you know, working with the, the animals that there aren't a hundred thousand people working with, you know, at the same time. Oh yeah. Um, so it's, it, it all comes around, you, you know, and sure. Um, bide your time. Don't panic. If you're someone who has animals to sell, it's, I'm, I'm a firm believer on, you know, you set your price and if you want to move it, move it. Great. If it's not selling right away, but you feel that that's what it should sell for, then then relax, you know, sit on it. It, It's, it's not that expensive to feed a snake every week kind of thing. Right. Bide your time. Um, if you see something that you like, make an offer. Sure. If it's if you hurt somebody's feelings because of your offer, move on. You know, it, it's should we, should we preface that by saying realistic offers? Yeah, yeah I, was, I, I would say, say that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll tell you what. And for me, I've never offered something that I felt would be insulting. But at the same time, it's I've offered probably less than what most sometimes twenty five and fifty dollars isn't enough, you know, in my opinion, you know, off of especially I guess I've never offered less on like a I don't want to say never. Let me back that statement up. I don't often offer less on a single animal. You know, I'm, I'm going to buy a trio or, you know, five or something right. like that. Um, but I remember once and this was back uh, on the <laughs> kingsnake.com right um on the wanted ads and i posted i think one ad that had four snakes that i was looking for and this is what i'm willing to pay and i remember someone messaged me and said if that's all you're willing to pay you're never going to get any of those and this was the honest truth i didn't make it up i replied right then and said you know it's funny i've already got three of the four nice Nice. you know and, and my point is is what's advertised is not always the selling price don't get mad if someone tells you no yeah you know that 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 it is what it is um, but it, it's I see sellers that do get real upset when someone offers them a lower price. And I'm just not that guy. I'm either going to consider it. I'm going to counter you. Or I'm going to say no. But my feelings aren't going to be hurt no matter what happens. Yeah, it's just part yeah. of it. You know, I think we'll a lot it. of it's just the shock of like. It's a six hundred dollar animal. And someone's like, I'll give you a hundred. Yeah. But yeah. 
Uh, really like i think it's it's just a that initial like eye roll of are we are we serious or is this are you kidding like yeah realistic you know it's crazy Kasiki asked, how do you feel about a seller who prices something to move right now and prices lower than the guy holding the price high and firm? So a couple things on that. It's if it is a little lower, you know, than what the current advertised price is, that happens. You know, it's if it's one person doing it, I, I don't really think too much on it either, because that one person may have four animals. Those four animals will sell quick and then the markets right back to, you know, whatever these are. Um, What personally, what I think is is best is, I mean, if you need to move your animals, you know, post them for the price that is, seems to be the going rate and you can put in your ad motivate, you know what I mean? Make offers, something like that, and then take it offline. You know, don't kill it for everybody else. Um, But I also, there's been times I've seen people that have posted something ridiculously low that I work with. And rather than get upset, I got new blood to my collection. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Take them off the board, you know, kind of thing. Uh, But it's not all about, I, I also think that if you try to protect a market, then you're trying to manipulate the market. Yeah. And it's going to crash. And the price. All right, I'm going to go on a long tangent here, guys. So ride with me. Okay? Do it. Do it. Ride with me. I've often been asked why the hell Mexican black rats. I'm sorry, Mexican black king snake prices skyrocketed. Okay. Oh, I, I want to hear this. Oh, uh, because they went from you know being a thirty dollars snake at one point up yes, to sir. you're looking to roughly I, I don't know three hundred uh, easy three I, yeah easy so. 2021 Daytona, every single Mexican Black King, regardless of size, mm-hmm. was a minimum of $300. It was a perfect storm that happened that made that take place. First, the ball python market. Of course, it exploded for years and years. You had so many Colubra breeders that either reduced their numbers or got away from so many of the species they were producing because the money wasn't in it. Right. Ball pythons is where they had to go. Yeah. So that was one. You had a a decrease in the supply because the demand had decreased. So step one. Step two, the demand actually began to increase in the Asian markets. And I don't mean Asian rat snakes. I mean, in China, in Japan, overseas for black snakes, white snakes and black and white snakes. It started there. So. Mexican black kings, leucistic Texas rats, black and white cow kings, uh, those started going over. I remember posting a picture of three Mexican black snake, Mexican black king snake clutches that were all laid on the same day. I instantly got a message and had an individual from Japan buy every one of those babies the day they were laid. With the understanding if they didn't, if something didn't hatch, I just refunded for that particular egg kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, they were they were that hot. They were that popular. So step one, decrease uh, supply here in the states from production. Step two, increase demand over in the Asian markets. So they were getting shipped overseas. Then step three happened, and that is the banana ball python. In one show, and I think, I think it was two thousand twelve, maybe. 
I could be wrong on the year, but it, it was at a Daytona show. The banana ball Python started the weekend at $20,000. Right. And then a pissing match took place where one guy dropped it. Another one dropped it. I don't remember which breeders it was. This was all a story that was relayed to me. So I'm sure, sure. not trying to anger anybody. Yeah, grain of salt, people. Exactly. But by the end of the weekend, that $20,000 morph had plummeted to about four to 6000 Wow. That caused the ripple effect where if that morph is going to fall, what's going to happen to all these that I have? And that's where you had this this dip in the ball Python market and a scare. So with that scare, you had people start looking to other animals and they started looking back to colubrids, but the supply wasn't there because they are all being shipped overseas. When I say all, you know, it's large amount of particular animals because by then bull snake morphs, Honduran morphs, They'd move from just black and white snakes to high color animals. We're all being shipped over there in droves. So with all that combined, if you wanted to get, you couldn't even find a Mexican black king snake for sale. Sure. So what happens whenever that occurs, prices come up and it wasn't individual. And this is where it's like, you know, that used to be a $30 snake. This is price gouging. The only people that complained about that were the people that didn't have them. Yep. You know, and so it's, that's not gouging. That's what they are. That's you know, if you can't value. find right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. they've slowly started to come back down to where, I mean, I think about $200, 150 to 200, you can find yeah. them. Um, and to me, that's how it should be it is. It should be a slow, you know, dec- and at times you see it spike back up. You know, it just depends on the supply and demand. Because if you try to hold them at $300 forever, then eventually you're going to have 400 people across the country sitting on 400 MBKs a piece. And so then it goes from $300 to $35 overnight because they just got to get rid of them. Yeah. So you have to let it work, you know, the way it's supposed to. And see, it's it's so crazy that you tell the story because I've, I've heard something similar, specifically about Mexican Black Kings. And Another story that was conveyed to me from several different breeders was that you had all this Asian market explosion, right? So the Mm -hmm. big breeders are wholesaling out to Asia, but then you have a several different big time breeders who shall remain nameless in the U S who are doing not hundreds, but thousands of cow Kings and Mexican black Kings, but they don't necessarily have the contacts for Asia. So what they're doing is they're selling to Petco and PetSmart and the big box stores, mm-hmm. but the big box stores can't sell. You can't sell it for 30 bucks because they want to make money. They're going to sell it for 150, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden the people that were smaller breeders, maybe they have a pair amongst all their other colubrids, or maybe they have two pairs of Mexican black Kings. They're saying to themselves, well, crap, man, I brought two clutches to this show five tables had mbks so eh, there's enough of them out there i won't breed them next year but they all did it at the same time (laughs) so then you have three or four years where the only people producing mexican black kings were the ones sending them overseas Mm -hmm. and then somebody who just happened to be a hobbyist or or, or an an entry-level breeder says man no one's breeding these mexican black kings mine are finally old enough i'm gonna breed them this year for sure 
and that starts your three hundred dollars because mm-hmm. no one's got them. Yeah. Again, market value. Yeah, and it's and then you know if we if we're going to talk about the business side of things, if sometimes I don't like being a morph chaser. Sure, you know it's being you have to have that next new thing to stay yeah. ahead of the game. I'm not like that. For me, I I like to. And again, I go to not the next big thing, but what is a species I see that I think people are going to really enjoy based off what I'm seeing now? And so, you know, we go back to when the MBKs were going for 300 bucks. Now, I knew that's a matter of time and that's going to dip back down. But okay, if everybody likes a solid black snake, that you know, colubrid here. What's a solid black colubrid that would be even more impressive? Black ponds, right? But let's go with not aggressive and not nearly as messy. Not messy? No, there's a curveball. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went to black milks. Yeah, I thought to myself, well, let's think about it. You, you start off with this tricolor, right? Yeah, and then you get this. You know, six foot solid black snake. That's it's, probably you know, not I, tame. Yeah, exactly. And sure enough, you know, I, I lucked into a, I was, you know, I, I'd had that mindset where I need to get black milks. I think black milks are going to be something that, you know, popularity grows and that price is probably going to go up. I was at yeah. Tinley. I walked by a table. Gentlemen had black milks, baby black milks. I looked at them. They were $125 a piece. Oh, my Lanta. And I'm like, all right, uh, I'll take four. You know, I got four and he still had like eight on the table. I walked away. I went and talked with a friend. I'm like, I'm a fool for not. I, I'm, I'm going to go get the rest of them. I walked yeah. over there. They're already gone. Already yeah. gone. Um, the very next year, they were sitting at 350 a piece. Sure. You know, kind of thing. And so it's it's just little things like that where I wanted to work with them. That had to be step one. It wasn't just right. a, these are going to be valuable. But sometimes just reading human behavior. It's, you know, hey, this black, you know, snake is really cool. Oh, well, my bigger black snake is even cooler, you know, it, it, that kind of thing. So uh, that was one where I'd pat myself a little bit. We're making the right call sure. on, you know, moving to that species because it certainly will. Uh, certainly worked yeah. out. That episode you guys did on those really had me thinking about them. Yeah, they're, they're cool. I lo- The uh, collection I picked up had a uh, 1.3 adults uh, in them. So, nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I was I was happy about it because I had I'd lost my adult male. He passed. And so I sent my uh two adult females to PJ, you know, from that particular episode because you know why waste a season here, buddy? Yeah. You know, you take care of them. And then yeah. uh then right after that, you know, within a month, <laughs> I picked up those. So works out. And and I, I think it'll it should also be noted that you preface that whole story with a species that you've thought about, a species that you've Mm-hmm. pined for whatever it may be mm-hmm. and i also feel like so many of us have i don't want to say dream snakes but because we have a lot of dream snakes let's just be real here but species that we want to work with or we have a desire to work with and i feel like if you really want to do your homework and put money aside do it because there will be there will come a time when those mbks won't be 300 bucks they'll drop down to 150 mm-hmm. and you can strike when the iron's hot and I've been guilty of either not having the money at the time 
or saying, ah, I'll just buy them next season. I'll just buy them next season. I'll just buy them next season. And I screwed myself. So now if there's a species that I want to work with, I save my money. I do my homework. And that way, when the opportunity does come around, because it's going to, you know, it may not be the price you thought it was, but the opportunity will come. You can strike when the iron's hot. Absolutely. Well, and it's also, I mean, let's think about it. Okay. If they are at 350, you know, any species, if it's sitting at $350 right now, and by the time you breed it, it's down to 200. If you produce four of them, right. You're still up. You right. know, it's not like the, the ball pythons where, you know, they're going to drop value $2,000, $3,000, that kind of thing. You know, if it's super high end, so it's, it's not going to really kill us. And, and really the Kluber don't drop that fast or that much, you know, from yeah. year to year. Yeah. If you think about bamboos, I mean, those have held steady very yeah. much. So the lowest you really ever see those are occasionally they'll dip to 200, you know, but then you'll see them back up at 350, you know, and it's, I don't really get concerned whenever things slow down when it comes to the Kluber market. And part of that is because, a lot of Kluber keepers don't panic to the yeah, same degree yeah. that you see in the ball market because they're not as financially invested. Well, you know? I also think that that the Kluber, and I'm going to piss off a lot of people with what I'm about to say, but <laughs> let's just you know call it brass tacks. Kluber keepers, they love those animals, man. And even if they mm-hmm. are in it for monetary reasons or they want to make it a side hustle or a, a bona fide business, whatever you want to call it, at the end of the day, they're still in love with that animal. So even if it doesn't produce, they're still in love with that animal, opposed to some other genera that may not be as loved, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's a little mm-hmm. more business. It's business a, exactly. Minded. It's not the right. It's, it's, I'm not singling out ball python people by any means, but you definitely see more ball python business people that they still love snakes. If they didn't love snakes, they wouldn't do it. If they didn't love ball pythons, they wouldn't do it. But they may have colors or lines or phenotypes that they are not as passionate about because they know it's money, opposed to the Kaluber people that I feel like they're passionate about that species. That's why they have it. You know, and I feel like, don't get me wrong, because I love genetics. I love that piece sure. of it. You know, the, the calculations, the math, the, you know, every bit of that, the anticipation, the, the rolling of the dice for the odds, you know, all of that and understanding how they're going to interact. I I eat that up. That's another piece of this hobby. I love, I mean, sitting down and and teaching my son squares, you know, on how to predict, you know, like he was six years old and he knows how to do these already. We we love it. Um, So I I do eat that part of it up, but it's, this is something I've talked about on CCR. I feel that when you are a colubrid keeper, especially keeping multiple species, you are a better keeper. Because you have to learn more. Sure. You have to learn nuance. You have to learn how to take care of different species and even taking care of different individuals within the same species. You know, just, yeah. I, I just feel that you, you, you learn more. And that's a conversation I have with a lot of individuals that come in uh, to the shop because, again, we're a heavy ball python market. Um, and so they may have 20 ball pythons and then they get their first king snake with me. Mm-hmm. You know, then they want a rat snake and it's, they start seeing there's so much more interaction there. There's so much more to these. Um, I literally just had uh, an individual start today with us 
and his primary role will be the nursery. He'll be taking care of all the babies, which right now, this time of year, it's a, or well, this month, you know, it's a good time to train somebody because next about month, to be busy. yes, oh, yeah. very, oh, yeah. very busy. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's taking care of ball pythons. He's taking care of boas. He's taking care of king snakes, rat snakes, you know, uh, Asian rat snakes. He, all this in the, the same room. And, you know, he said he wants to learn. That's, that's when, you know, he's, he's a, a guy who's been coming into the shop just to hang out, you know, for months and months. Sure. And he, you know, he wants to learn. And I'm like, there's not another room in this building that you're going to learn more than right there because of the diversity that you're working with. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, I love it because now I've got not only somebody to work back there, but we can increase our record keeping. We can, cause it's, you know, so much fell because of how busy, you know, we, we really yeah. have been, um, you know, I had one guy taking care of all the snakes back there and that poor guy, <laughs> he needed some relief. So, uh, especially when I'm like, Hey, by the way, we're buying another 180 animals to throw back. Yeah. In. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, things can get tighter, things can, you know, move faster, but, um, but yeah, that's just another piece I like to throw out there. This, when you keep colubrids, you, you get better, you get better at, sure. at understanding reptiles as a whole, because you, you see so much variance there. Yeah. With the people that are shopping that are coming in, you know, in store, uh, how much of, of that demographic is people that are like they're getting their first reptile or they're, they're <sighs> curious about the hobby. And that's sort of where they're, they're coming in to sort of, you know, that's their starting point, I guess. There are, it's every week. I, I would say as far as the business, maybe 10% of our business in a week is a brand new keeper, maybe less than five to 10%. Wow. Um, but what's funny then is it's after that purchase, I see them every week. They're here every week. There's a family that we absolutely love that comes in that I think they're up to five, four or five okay. um, reptiles at this point. And they bought, they had never kept a reptile ever. Mm -hmm. And their first one they came in and got from us. And now they they're up to five. It's um, the little girl, uh, one of their daughters, it's her absolute favorite place to be, you know, nice. it, so getting to see that just today, we're closed on Mondays, but I'm always up here getting projects done on that day. Uh, I get a message and it's a little boy's uh, birthday. He's, he's dying for a tortoise. His mom, you know, he's, he's been studying him. You know, we, we'd like to you know, surprise him. Um, come on up to the door. I'll unlock yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, message back. She came in. We got her set up, you know, with everything she needs. She sends me pictures, you know, that afternoon on the setup and, and all that. And we love it because it's I mean, that's what it's about. It's I, I love something cool about this shop, guys. And, and it's obviously I'm biased. Right. Sure. Of course. But, of course. But one of the coolest things that you don't see in most places, we actually we have a sitting area that's kind of yeah. right right there in the the in the shop you can watch tv we've always got something up on youtube going but it's a sitting area where people can come in and if they're they can point to an animal can i hold that absolutely and we grab it they can sit down my sons and daughter come in they'll grab something sit down and play but one of the coolest things that i saw happen was there were one two three four i think four individuals all sitting around you know, sitting in that sitting area around a table 
that didn't, and you had a couple and a father and son. They did not know each other, but sitting there, one holding a boa, one holding a uh, a bearded dragon, and chatting away, having a great time. The four of them, and it's those are individuals who would have never met. Yeah, who would have never walked effect. in. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah. And, but it's because of this building, because of what we've done here, that they got to sit down and just enjoy the hobby with their phones put away, talking to other people who enjoy the hobby. And it just, I love it. I absolutely love getting to grow this around here and getting to do this every yeah. day. You're, you're mean, building cheers. Oh, it, it's, it's awesome. It, it's so wonderful. I mean, it really is. Yeah, man. That's fantastic. And, and now you've, you're, you're building not just customers for life, like to sound cliche, but generational customers for life because now that the family that brought the kid in on his birthday for the tortoise and you let him in you give him the vip treatment they're always going to come back and then he's going to keep growing mm -hmm. and he's going to keep telling people to go to your shop and, it, and that's the next generation awesome. and it can we do like presentations for the local schools i mean and you know i see their parents coming in with with some of these kids um we uh sometimes it surprises us too like i um Roden Pro is, is local to us, you know, for those who have heard of Roden Pro. And I didn't realize that um, the owner's son was at one of the schools that we were going to, you know, and, and approached us and, uh, you know, some, had some real nice words and, and nice things for us. So it's just, it's really cool that the amount of people that we've got to meet, you know, doing this um, and just the, I didn't expect for there to be such the warm welcome that we got. I mean, the day we opened the, uh, we're, we're not in Evansville. We're in Chandler, which is just five minutes outside of Evansville and Chandler's a small town. Um, uh, Chandler, Indiana, for those who are looking five twenty West Lincoln Avenue, Chandler, Indiana is where we're located. Um, the, we had individuals from the assessor's office from town hall. We had some of the local cops. I mean, wanted to come in and check it out and, They've been great. Absolutely great. Um, hopefully That's they're not awesome. listening. I just got out of a ticket three days ago because I own Metazotics. So, <laughs> I, I mean, how That's cool great. is that, right? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just got off with a warning. Um, That's good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been been neat. I mean, really, really neat. Uh, but it's it's also, it's we're not just a shop. I mean, we dump our hearts into it. You know, we really do. So, um, have you seen stuff. a clear divide in terms of like having more families come in to buy versus, you know, single individuals or like, has there it, been it's, any, kind, any it's a mix. Uh, it's a mix. We, where we are located is we're in Wart County and Wart County's got a, a pretty good mix. I mean, you've got a lot, you kind of got the upper epsilon, you know, and then kind of there in between. Um, the, when it comes to what I would call the upper epsilon, that's usually a family dynamic that's walking in. Um, but it's, you get some singles, but it's usually at least a, a couple, you know, to a family that that's coming in, but it's because they're not just coming in to get an animal. It's even right. if they're coming in to get a rat, there's so much to look at, you know, and I've kind of, I, I tell people, my goal is that if you come in today and you come in a month from now, I hope that there's more for you to look at and there's yeah. more to impress you in a month because we're not done. We're not done yet. Excellent. You know, um, in fact, 
truth be told, and I, I guess the bourbon's starting to kick in. Yeah, boy. So the when I tell people you know that are interested in doing something like this that you really have to be prepared for what you're you're going into, right? While we are having some some great success, don't think for a second we're out of the woods. Okay, yeah. we've not been opened a full year yet. I left my employer um, in December, December 16th. Uh, we say I retired because I was there for 20 years. And I walked away from a 20-year career where, I, I'll be honest, they took very good care of me. Um, and I thank, I'm so thankful for the career that I had because it prepared me for this. Uh, prior yeah. to opening this, I was a district manager for a retail optical organization, actually the second largest optical retailer in the country. Wow. Um, I was responsible for, at any given time, 13 to 16 locations. Um, I've covered, I think, 22 different states. Wow. Um, I had eight states at once this last time, you know, my last district. And so I, I was very fluent with opening new stores, with profit and loss statements, with just operating a business. So, right. you know, I had that under my belt. So I walked away from that at, you know, December 16th and we're now what June 12th. So fair enough to say it's been six months, right? Yeah. I've yet to take a paycheck. <laughs> wow. I have not taken a single dime from the company in six months. Every bit of it that I, that I could has been dumped back into the shop. It's why when someone walks in, they're like, gosh, you know, there's just so much more. There's so much more. There's so much more. And it's because I'm going to do that for as long as I can <laughs> yeah. so that we have the base that, you know, where the foundation is fully there to make this, you know, a shop that mm -hmm. it's, it's not what you will expect, you know, kind of thing. Um, but that's, I am blessed and very lucky to have been in a position to be able to do that. Because I, I know that that's not something most you know could. Yeah. There's been some some things that have occurred along the way that is that's helped that you know to take place, but but just to know that I mean it's it takes a lot, guys. And I I mean that's no paycheck, and I'm probably here at least sixty you know plus hours. Sixty is about the minimum hours wow. a week. So very awesome. Well, are there any species that you see? gaining popularity in the near future? Mm, let's see. I saw one person ask if, uh, if I worked with Bairds and I do yeah. now, <laughs> I do now. Um, that was part of the collection. I've got some hypos as well as some head hypos. And I think that as far as colubrids, the, there are a lot of species that can be hot. Okay. That can be, those going forward the key is adult pictures circulating yeah that's what yeah. does it and i'll tell you black rat snakes right i credit one man for black rat snake popularity beginning to lift and that's iman oh his last name's like why if, if you're in the black rat snake group you know who i'm talking about because he is who first started posting pictures of hypo lavenders, adults. So you see this purple, pink, black rat snake that's just phenomenal. And he takes great photographs. 
Um, and that alone is what started gaining interest in black rat snakes. Um, so things like the Bairds, because again, I go back to so many, uh, the rat snakes anyways, the babies just aren't that appealing. And it's also why the ball python market's so big is because they look their best when they're babies and they sit still for pictures. You know, oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. are little assholes. Right? Oh my god, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, so I would say things like Bairds, one because I know they've been discussed on some podcasts recently. Um, and if some adult pictures get floated out there, they start gaining interest. Sure. Um, right now I know what I it's already hot, and I had avoided this species, not because I didn't like them, I, I've always liked them. But there are some species I just don't get into because I feel it's already saturated. Sure. Um, I felt like that about Brooks. Now, there are people who are very successful with Brooks Kings, and I think there's a lot of cool morphs out there. I, I work with just a few of them right now, but that's not my passion. But I'll tell you the one that I am asked for constantly out here are hognose. Um, yeah. I and I also – I guess I don't want to give too much away, um, but we'll just say I have it on good authority from someone who has not just a pulse, but the actual data on the market has stated that's where a market trend is certainly spiking Excellent. right now are hog nose morphs. But Those it's are also the only things I see coming close to, to balls in terms of popularity. Yeah. But they, but so many people have been working with them. That's why I hadn't gotten into them before, right. you know, and it's also, that is a species where I feel you're chasing the morph yeah. just like mm -hmm. ball pythons, you know, where it's, I like species where if there's morphs, great, but the base, just the, the species itself continues to carry its value. Mm -hmm. Um, Asian rat snakes are a go. I'm telling you, if if there's something to answer the question with the easiest answer, if you want to know, if if you're wanting something cool and you're like, okay, what's going to hold value and, and stay popular, put your money into Asian rat snakes. It's blue beauties, um, right. anything green. About to say, yeah, anything green is going to to stay popular, um, and it's bright. You know, if it's as long as it's got bright coloration, if you just look at it and say, if I did not know snakes, and if I looked at that and thought that's pretty, that's probably right. going to stay popular. It's right. probably going to have long term. Um, Matt and I had a, a, a conversation about this a while back, years ago at this point. Uh, David, I, David's yeah. rat snakes. Yep. Um, you know, he was he was into them and. He's like, you know, you should get some of these. They're really cool. And I'm like, I do think they're cool, but I'm going to pass. <laughs> and the reason is because that's the kind of species and a kind of look that I think is going to be a very niche market. You know, Super. it's yeah, it's there's going to be people who are really interested in it, but it's going to be about eight people. I'm yep, I'm <laughs> in that eight. You got it. And it's and again, it's not putting the snake down. It's just if for me, for me to be able to really work and enjoy it, I want to produce it. I want yeah. to produce a lot of them, right? I, I, I just love that. I, I eat that up. Um, and I just felt that there wasn't going to be enough market to really justify mm -hmm. those, you know, because they're a brown snake. Just, you know, it's just not as a Matt's the only person someone. I know that even has them. Yeah. It, it, and it's this, we're talking like eight years ago yeah. that, you know, maybe this took place. 
Um, and so it's, it's things like that, that I would say, like, um, just to give you something common that I think will always happen. Hypotangerine Hondurans. Yeah. They're always going to sell, you know, they're always going to, because they're just, they're pretty, yeah. you know, and as long as it's pretty and you don't see too many of them, then they'll continue to well, move. And now I feel like because I don't want to dare. I say the Honduran market is very saturated. Most Hondurans that you see are of the tangerine style, right? Mm-hmm. But there were so many milks, whether it be Central American or South American milks, that got hybridized and then flooded. That now it's you're hard pressed to find a a normal locality or or a non morphed out milk. Right. And I feel like that that is definitely going to come back in the niche colubrid circles in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah because p- people can't they can't find a normal nelson's you know what i mean like the the um uh, san luis patasi like mm-hmm. doesn't exist yeah you know what i mean unless yeah. you unless you know people like like <laughs> you or some of the other uh, uh under the table not under the table excuse me that's a poor phrase but <laughs> under the radar guys yeah. stuff like that just isn't around Right. And, and there's certain things that, again, we go back to what's hobby accepted because I've often heard the term uh, hobby Hondurans. Yeah. And it's because, you know, the, the statement is there's no true Hondurans in the hobby that like, you know, the ones that first came in were, were crossed out and all that. And it's but it's it's what's accepted. You yeah. know, it's what we consider Hondurans in the hobby now. You know, and we just have to kind of deal with that, you know, to a yeah. certain degree, you know, but whenever. Yeah, I think. That's one of the things that just drives me crazy is how often the Nelsons have been put into everything else and Pueblins into yes, everything. Yes, it's like man, they're they're pretty by themselves. Just you know, it's yeah. And for me, if you're, because I know it's a very sensitive subject out there when it comes to hybrids. I'm not necessarily anti-hybrid. I don't really do it, but I'm like anybody else. I kind of you know, what's that going to look like, right? Sure. But if you're going to do it, it needs to be something so damn far apart that there's not going to be any question. Obviously. You know, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. So um, it looks know. like one person had asked about Mandarin rats. Yes. <laughs> yes. Those yeah. things will continue to be super pop. And it doesn't matter what kind you have. If you get into Vietnamese uh, Mandarins, those are going to definitely they're the they're the hot item right now. But even if you have Chinese, uh, I mean, you're not going to sit on them. They all mandarins move very quickly and easily if you're producing them and they're eaten. Are your percent them from Matt? Some, some. I've got them from I think one, two, three, three or four different sources. I've got a lot of them. Ah. Yeah. Uh, um. Are you keeping? Are are you keeping any Zemenis, the uh, leopards, leopard rats? No, not yet. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, like somebody to ask about house snakes, and I, I, I've always there's there's certain species I thought are just gorgeous when I see pictures of them. I've personally never kept house snakes. One of the individuals that works here, um, he our top uh, animal care guy he keeps um, some of the blacks and browns and things like that. Um, I think that that is a species. Let me rephrase what a genus, I guess I should probably say. Sure. Sure. Um, that certainly 
Which one? There is like five of them now. Right. Well, I, I guess <laughs> that's uh, that look, this family. Is, yeah. Yeah, this is we can call him Bodon. This is our there show. Just call him Bodon. So I think that that uh, those as a whole have a lot of room for growth. Yeah. Because you do not have a large number of breeders here in the states. Um, you have a pretty solid variety of looks you know, in colors and things like that. Um, so I think that that is a market that is, it, it's got a lot of room for growth. Th- yeah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and they're, they're easy to take care of. They're easy to breed. Uh, most, let me, let me, you know, go back and say that most are uh, easy to take care of and easy to breed. And it's after listening to April talk about them, you know, on CCR, that's another, you know, it's on the list, you know, of, sure, all right, sure. you know, at some point we need to, you know, move into these too. So I, I think that it, it boils down to if people can't find them and if you can take great pictures of them, yeah, that makes a big, big difference on, on gaining popularity. Yeah. I mean, even you listen to Owen and, and Eric talk about that too, with some of their liasis and stuff and it's like you take babies and they don't sell but you take adults with those babies and basically say this is what these are going to be mm-hmm. you know owen's talked about how there was a, a night and day difference in people going oh okay that makes sense now like you know bears are a perfect example of that really any, oh, any big time office you know it's like mm-hmm. you could you kind of have to take an adult you know if i'm having loma altas on my table i gotta take an adult because yeah. people are gonna look at it and be like, okay, it's a little gray snake, mm-hmm. like, but wait, <laughs> exactly what it turns into. And then, you know, even the Mexican beards too, it's, you know, it's just, it's almost, it's necessary, I think in some species. Well, and it comes down, it's, you know, from a business side of it, it it's how you market them, you know, and that's what you're doing. When you take an adult to put on your table, you're marketing your babies. You know, understand that that's what you're doing for people. It's it's even all right. You guys want some trade secrets here when it comes to shows? If you're, way. If you're dealing with colubrids, so if you're putting colubrids on your table, put them in deli cups, not display cases. If you're putting ball pythons on your table or boas, put them in display cases, not deli cups, because you have two. And I guess before I even explain that, I need to explain where this comes from. This was what I did for a living was understanding human behavior and being able to teach people how to alter their business methods. Jedi mind tricks. Pretty much. And it's, but doing it for the right reasons, right? Not trying to be shady, not trying to be a shyster, but just under, I guess it's because one of the scenarios I would always give is when you think back to when you were in high school and you think about, the smartest teacher in the building, the smartest person in the oh building. God, he was horrible. Bingo. He wasn't your favorite, was he? No. He wasn't the teacher that actually taught you the most, was he? Was he him or her. And it's because it doesn't matter how smart you are or how much information you have. You have to be able to relay it in such a way that others will receive it. Yeah. Right. That's what it's about. Okay. So, it's those behaviors is what I would teach. And at shows, if you're set up for a show, if a ball Python is in a deli cup, it is seen as being less valuable. 
And those who are buying ball pythons typically, not all, but typically want to feel like they are getting a valuable animal because they want to be able to breed it and make money off of it. Right. Sure. sure. Colubrid individuals. If you have your colubrids in a display, they will think it's probably overpriced. You're probably too proud of it. No matter how nice it is. Mm Mm-hmm. It, they think that, you know, if you're paying money for that display case, right, you're probably charging me a little bit more, you know, on this animal. That's one reason. Number two, colubrid people like to pick up a deli cup to look at that animal. Yes, they yes. want to get close. Where ball pythons, we don't mind getting ball pythons out and handing them someone, but I don't know about you guys. I don't want to get out a dozen king snakes while standing yes, at the table. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So they want to be able to pick them up and look at it. And that's where those two demographics really it's it's and when I say demo, it's not even about like their pocket change. It's more of a psychological demographic. Yeah, split, sure. Yeah, you know, sure. that happens there. So colubrids, unless there's a reason, I typically am always going to put them in delis. Boas, ball pythons are going to go into a display case. Um, another thing that I'll tell you is if you're running a sale, let's say that you're at a show and you decide you're going to run 20 percent off. Don't write 20% off. Yeah. Yeah. Mark your price out and put the new price on it. Yep. The general population can't calculate percentages. Math is hard. Yes. Yes. And they want to, and I'll tell you what, that is even bigger on ball pythons than it is colubrids because ball python people, again, we go back to, they want to feel like they are getting a valuable animal, but they also want to feel they're getting it at a deal. Right. Sure. sure. So it, it's, and I'm not saying, and one of the things you will never see from me, I swear this, you will not see a price on the website and then see me jack it up at a show. I do not do that shit. I don't believe in it. If I'm going to sell it to you for this price in the store, I'm going to sell it to you for this price online. I'm going to sell it to you for that price. You know, at a show, it's going to be the same. I will occasionally run a special and discount it down but I'm never going to raise it up just so I can make it look like I dropped it down. Yeah. I don't, I don't play that game. I'm, I'm no. Um, so, but if you're going to run a discount guy, guys and girls, just put, leave the original price on there, put a line through it, actually write the discounted price down so they can see what you're doing. They can see the savings and you'll see how they can really spark things. For yeah. You. If, if a vendor has, you know, sale like in little starburst or whatever, the first, and maybe this is just me, maybe I'm too glass half empty in this regard, but my first thought is, why is why do they want to get rid of it? Mm-hmm. You what's know, how, wrong with it? Well, not even what's wrong with it, but like no one has shown interest in this particular specimen. They've probably had it for a long time. They just mm-hmm. want to get rid of it. They want to free it up. It's costing them money now. Like those are the things that go through my mind. Yep. So I totally, I totally grasp that. Yeah. And it's, and don't be afraid to ask that question. Yeah. You know, and, you're going to get an answer that will not be bad. Yeah. But you can, I mean, just look at them when they're answering you. Yeah. You're going to be able to gauge whether or not they're full of shit, mm-hmm. you know, or if they're being honest. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can tell you right now, if I'm discounting an animal, it's either because one, I've got too many of them. Two, I've got more of them coming. <laughs> you know sure. what I mean? I got some sure. that are about to hatch. Three, I've got too many males. You know, that kind of thing, because females, eh, I'm probably going to be okay with that. 
Yeah. Uh, um, you know, it, it, it's that it, it's simply, those are going to be my, my answers. Um, because otherwise if it's something where there's an issue with the animal, it, it's, it's got a, a small eye, it's got a kink tail, you know, something like that. It's going to say it right yeah. there on the container. Yeah. It, it's, there's no if, ands or buts about it. You know, nothing's going to be hidden. So, um, right. but yeah, I mean, ask, you know, ask the people and then gauge whether or not you feel they're being honest with you. And if you yeah. aren't a hundred percent that they are, Walk away. And I'll tell you right now, that line through the price thing, it has, I, I can tell you an exact moment where that worked on me. And I, I knew what it was. And I had, two years ago, I bought a Lee Abbott's Okatee, right? Because I want to get back into corns. And I bought it just as a pet. I got a female. I said, you know what? If I want to breed it, I have the option later on, right? Mm-hmm. And then the following Daytona, so a year later, I right mm-hmm. as the show was coming to a close, I saw that he had a bunch of a bunch of delis with the line through it and it was dropped like 50 bucks or 70 bucks mm-hmm. or something. And uh, my first thought was these are last year's babies. Now they're yearlings. Now people may, people who want a baby, they want a baby. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily want a juvenile. Right. So I said, Hey, are, are these last year's production? He's like, yeah, absolutely. I said, all right, cool. I'll take a boy. That was nice. it. You yeah. know, so now yep. I got and I got it for seventy dollars cheaper than I paid the year before. Mm-hmm. So. Lee Lee does a good job with that too because he yeah. has either the adults that produce the animals he's selling on the table, so you can see like with corns in particular, obviously right. again big shift from youth to adult. Um, he has the adults there, and if he doesn't have the adults there, he has pictures and multiple right. pictures at that, not just a single of like his albums on the best lighting, like the best possible. Uh, you know he's he does that really well and that's definitely stood out when he has the actual adults there and you see like what those things are going to be and it makes you want you know 90 percent of his table even more and how do you feel about the pictures clint for pictures i'm sorry like for example like i have friends that they don't want to bring their breeder adults to a show because of pathogens and mites and people coughing on their snake and whatever else but they'll, they'll bring the babies because they have to so what they'll do is they'll put a picture kind of like what lee does and say like hey i know this baby carpet python looks like a noodle but this is what mom looks like and people are like oh wow that's awesome and i know for me i wouldn't know what a king rat snake was a lafe carnata i wouldn't know what it was if it had not been for mark and kim bell having babies on their table and i was like what is that gray thing with the giant head? And next to it, it had, you know, it said Lafayette Coronada with mm-hmm. a picture of the breeder female. And it's like, holy shit, look at the yellow on that. And you'd never know. So I'm debating whether or not to, to share this, but I guess it's not really going to be some secret or anything I need to keep tucked in for myself. I'm a fan of the pictures. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a fan of any time that you can show because I, I pull my phone out constantly. Carinata right. is exactly that's probably one I pull out the most is to show here's what they're going to look like. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that it's up on my board, I have a, uh, a board that is right across the room from me here and it's broke down into three categories your brainstorm board so it, pretty much it's sales and that are things that will generate more revenue for us it's margins and that's basically anything that's going to save us money and base so it's not going to increase sales but it's going to help us hold on to the money from the sales that come in okay and then organization which is going to be either um product pieces that need to take place um finishing the rat room you know kind of yeah, thing where yeah. it's it's things like that so 
one of the things that I'm, I'm working on for sales generation, both in store as well as uh, at shows. First, I have to create pages. Um, I have to create web pages that have pictures of my adults or representation photos. Okay, sure. we'll, we'll use a calico black rat snake as an example because I mean, huge change yeah. from baby to adult. Oh, yeah. calico black rat. Well, once I have the pages built on any calico black rat snake that is on display at the shop or on the deli, because I put labels on every one of my delis that are, you know, pre-made beforehand. I will have a QR code. Hell yeah. And the whole purpose of the QR code on these scan it with your phone takes you straight to the adult page. Boom. This is what these are going to come in. And it's, while I think it's going to be, you know, so cool and, and I'd hope to be the first ones doing something like that because I've not seen it. If somebody else gets to it before I do, it's not like it's going to hurt me to be doing it, well, you know, second or third or eighth. I've but. seen that before, but not for the exact animal. So, like, for example, uh, I've seen it where a vendor had a communal iPad that they perpetually wiped down with alcohol the whole show. <laughs> and uh, basically every species had a QR code. So if you want to see, like, what mom and dad looked like, you could scan it with the iPad and it would magically pop up. And then, but if you had your phone, it wasn't as direct. So, mm-hmm. I mean, so like people have implemented it before, um, mm-hmm. but that sounds even better. I just think, I mean, especially if you're working with species that are going to look so incredibly different, right? You know, you need to, to do it in some way. And rather than table space with pictures or uh, lugging adults around, things like that, it's, we everybody's got their phone in their hand all the time yeah you know we're, we're accustomed to this now so that's just an idea i had it's it's what's up there on the board now and it's another one that i hope because i said at the shows it's going to be great but even in store it's going to be great you know hey yeah. scan that yeah, yeah that's what it's going to look like you know pretty cool absolutely so yeah it's it's super difficult to convince someone that this brown turd of a snake in a showcase is going to turn into a super red sumatran blood python mm-hmm. you know it looks like smitty's shirt you know <laughs> right. you gotta you gotta have some kind of context to, to rapid context of that because the yep. same way that people have a 15 second attention span on its social media now mm-hmm. it's 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 very similar in real world shopping yeah 100 100 you have to make it easy yeah. You have to make it quick and you have to make it easy. It, and it's, I, I'm not even saying that's society. I mean, we're like that. I'm like that. You know, yeah. I'm going to lose, you know, if I have to do five clicks, you're, you're probably pushing it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. get me down to three, you know, yeah. three's about my max and I'm moving on. You yeah. Know, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, if people want to see what you have for sale, is it best that they, where's the first place it's going to go? Is it the website? Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, you know, I'm on Morph Market, but I can tell you the website's always going to be much more updated than Morph Market because it's instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, so metazotics.com, check that out. If you want to know what's coming down the pipeline, go to metazotics.com and sign up for the newsletter. Please hop on that. Uh, because you will get uh, an email every other week and I'm, I'm talking about what's, you'll know what's incubating anticipated hatch dates. Uh, you'll know what just hatched. You'll know what's available. Um, 
And I also, if you're on that newsletter, you get specials that nobody else gets. Um, you know, I, I always do a uh, subscriber special uh, in there. Uh, follow us on Facebook because, I mean, we're sometimes we're doing different. I'll tell you one thing I would love is if the listeners go to our page, like our page, because one of the things we're running right now is on September 1st, if our page, if our Facebook page reaches 5,000 likes, and I think we're at like 2,800 right now, as long as we hit 5,000 likes, I'm a believer not in just giving away some free product or something. Like I, I do it, but I want to give an experience. That's what is so great about this hobby is the experiences that we can have, right? One of my favorite experiences every single year is going to the October Tenley show. I love it. I love going through the show. It's massive. I love getting to see so many of the you know friends and just it's a it's a vacation. You know, I, I've taken every I've missed weddings for it. I, <laughs> I mean, I love it out there. That's great. So I want to give that to somebody. So as long as we hit five thousand likes, um, I already have the hotel booked. I am going to give a free two night hotel. I am going to give two VIP passes to the show. Um, I, I want to give that trip. I, I want to give that experience to someone. For every 500, we go above 5,000. I will give another person a VIP pass. And the grand prize winner, I will give them 50 extra dollars to go spend at the show. Awesome. So it's, you know, I, I want to make this, this good. And there's a post that if you find the post, um, share it, you know, cause it's all about, you know, sharing that and getting more people to like it. So that's just one of the things, if you're listening, go like it, it'll give you a chance to, to win. Yeah. But, uh, follow us on Facebook because I do like to share when new things are coming in. Um, you know, so it's just another way for you to have news. And if you are anywhere near us, come check us out. I promise you will not be disappointed. Let me know that you, you know, heard us on here. I mean, if, I'll go grab stuff out of the back that you don't see anywhere else. You know, I'll make sure you get to see something cool for sure. Hell yeah. That's great, man. This is a great show, man. I'm really glad we got it. uh, Got it. Absolutely. I appreciate it, gentlemen. It's been, been a blast. We will be back for THP on Thursday. Uh, Be sure to follow blackboxcages.com. Check them out. Facebook, Instagram, Use the code THN at checkout. Save yourself some money. Uh, then go follow the fine folks at Puget Sound Pythons. Also on Facebook and Instagram. And then Fulvius Apparel. Herp shirts for herp nerds. Check it out. I also need to be running a special again soon. That's you got a Father's Day thing going on? I didn't even think about that. Come on, Smitty. Come on. I've been like, man, I should just run another like random like, you know, fifteen percent off weekend or something. No, man, Father's Day. Father's Day. Didn't even think about it. And uh, you got enough time now that you could probably get it shipped to them in time. Yeah. Uh, I've got some orders that got to go out. Um, the shirts that I I ordered to print have not come in yet because oh. the distributor is playing games with me. So, anyways. Uh, thank you, everybody. Yeah, and thank you, Clint. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much, guys.
Bye.